Welcome to this episode of the Two Book Girls Podcast. I'm Sasha. I'm Nicole. And today we're going to talk about A Mother's Choice by Kristen Noel Fisher and narrated by Renata Friedman. So let's get started. Uh, So this book, it was basically, you follow the life of this woman and she's kind of in her present day at the very beginning and she begins to tell the story of her past. So basically at the very beginning she's kind of getting older and she's rethinking stuff about her life and realizing that she's holding on to some things that she needs to tell people about and the main character kind of becomes her in the present becomes her youngest daughter autumn and it flashes between autumn's present day and then her mother nadine's past that she's telling the story of does that make sense yeah I think that's a good summary. I never thought of it that way that it is at one point towards the beginning of the book, it's no longer Nadine's present, it's Autumn's present and her past, which was kind of confusing, but we'll we'll get into that. Overall, I like the book. There's a secret that Nadine has that she has to work herself up to telling her family about it's you know, this woman who had a perfect life pretty much with the man that she loved, which was so cute. I love their love story. But, you know, it talks about how she met and fell in love with the person she wanted to be with forever and them raising kids together and the story of her best friend, which is funny. Well, not funny, but who had some infertility issues, which we'll talk about. But I think this is like the third book that we've reviewed on this podcast that has a infertility theme theme so that's interesting but i think that's, that's actually, all we wanted to huh i was just saying that's actually really interesting that we read a lot of books and it's not that infertility comes up all that often and then all of a sudden like here's these three infertility books yeah, yeah. it's interesting it is interesting so I guess let's get started with some spoilers. If you guys have not read this book and you want to read this book based off of our summary, go ahead and press pause and come back and join the conversation later. Because we are going to oh. spoil the whole book in this discussion. At least I know I am. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, big, small spoilers and big spoilers. We're going to talk about this whole book. So listen at your own risk. Um, I don't think there are any warnings in here in this book. No. No. There aren't any warnings, no news warnings, so we're good. So do you want to get started on your favorite part or no? You want me to start? Oh, I wasn't going to say my favorite part, but you, no, you start. If you have something on your mind. Okay. So my favorite part about this book was it was not predictable. So reading the publisher summary on the back of the book, you already know that Nadine has a secret. And so reading the beginning of the book, maybe like the first third usually, or not usually, but I'm one of those people who's like, what's the secret? What's the secret? I bet I can guess it, you know, something like that. So I changed what I thought the secret was multiple times. And it's kind of funny because I was right there with Autumn because once Autumn figured out, of course, I knew that Nadine had a secret before Autumn knew. But once Autumn started digging around, now she knew that something was weird. And so it felt like we were both, you know, going back and forth with each other. Like, well, what's the secret? Like, how can we figure it out? Should we talk to this person? Should we talk to this person? So I thought that was interesting. 
that was like my favorite part. I didn't actually get the secret until the secret was almost out. So that was like my favorite part. Yeah, I uh, I guess what I wanted to say is kind of ties into that and um, in the unpredictability of the book because there are marriages that are troubled in this book. But the two main characters, I guess, the present and past character, they have very stable marriages, but they're portrayed in a way where I kept thinking, oh, gosh, this marriage is going to break up or almost break up or something's going to happen. You know, I think some of it goes back to what the secret was, like, oh, no, what did she do? Did she do something to mess up and hurt Jude? And then um, I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, her husband wants to go uh, for autumn. I was like, her husband wants to go away to this thing. Maybe there's someone else. Something about the way it was written, I kept feeling so insecure about their relationship. And I was so happy by the end that it was like, oh, gosh, that was all for nothing. Like, all that insecurity and worry for these fictional relationships are actually very solid. And and they were, you know, you're rooting for them for good reason. They're good marriages. And uh, the author doesn't ruin that. So. I guess that being said, we can kind of talk about the relationship between Autumn and her husband. So I'll say first, I did not get, I was not insecure about Nadine and Jude. Like, I felt like that was made to last forever. (laughs) Um, When she wrote to him and she was, like, breaking up with him, I was like, oh, he on his way. He he not taking that. I don't, you know, he on his way. I already knew that was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. But. Autumn and her husband, though, I felt the same way you felt. I felt like he's cheating on her. Like, and I guess part of that has to do with we don't understand the dynamic of having a um, husband that is in the medical field who has a demanding career, who has to be on call and that whole type of thing. But it just, I don't know, it just felt weird. And, I mean, later we find out that he was, I guess he was adopted or put in foster care. So he had those issues of not letting people in. But, I mean, I was I was on the fence with them, like, for the most of that book um, until, like, until, the very end. I, I agree. It wasn't until the very end that I was like, oh, okay, like, they are, they're stable, they're whatever. And, yes, do I think that the Jude and Nadine love story was, like, meant to last? Absolutely. But when I didn't know what the secret was and it seemed like – there was a constant issue of Ruby liking men that liked her best friend better, you know? And, uh-huh. and I'm trying to figure out what the secret is. And so part of me is sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, Nadine, like, cheated on him. Or she did something. Something happens like that, you know? And so it's not that I didn't think that relationship was meant to last. I absolutely did. I just didn't know what the secret was. So, I mean, I was thinking all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, what were some of your theories? So, I mean, I like I said, I was, like, right there with Autumn when she found the birth certificate, and her birthday was exactly the day of when her older sister was supposed to be giving birth. I was like, oh, that's what she, you know, Nadine raised her as her own after, you know, that whole accident happened with her sister and her dad so I thought that at first I did at one point for a very brief second think that Nadine had cheated but then I had to think about it and Jude was her first and only like 
she loved him. It was the first man she loved, first man she kissed, her first everything, and her last everything, as far as we know, because, you know, I don't think she got with anybody else. Can I bring up something? Can I stop you right there? Because we reviewed another book where the girl did not, like, you know, she thought the love of her life, who she would be with forever, Um, and when we were talking about that book, you were like, and that was super naive of her. I mean, that was her first, like, come on. And now, but with this, like, Nadine Jude story, and I think maybe it has to do with time setting because they kind of fell in love back at yeah. a different time. And you're all like, no, that's the one. That's the only. <laughs> that was her first, her last. It's just funny how, like, you see those two situations differently. Anyway. I think it has a lot to do with the author, too, though, how they write. And like you said, like, it's a different generation. I'm not even sure which book you're talking about. Gentleman but, Nine. Huh? Gentleman Nine. Oh. Well, that was a little different because of how they got together. Like, she liked somebody else. He wasn't technically her first. He was just her first sexual partner. But she was in love with her best friend's brother before she was in love with him. So that was a little different. That's true. But um, <laughs> in just, this story... Huh? It was just funny to see you, like, kind of take two totally different stances on someone's first. But I see what you're saying when you explain it like that. That's different. Yeah. So this in this book, um, they met when they were teenagers. I mean, an early teenager. So she, they were, like, sophomores, I think, in high school, maybe freshmen or something like that. Freshmen or sophomores in high school. And they were separated for years, and they were still talking years later. Like, that's. That sounds like it was meant to be to me. And, you know, he, back then, you had to depend on your parents to pay for your education and all that kind of stuff. So he had to be, I guess he had to be sure or, you know, that he wasn't going to regret anything. I don't know. I guess that's why it took him so long to finally say, this is what I'm going to do. And then, too, he realized that he was going to have to be on his own, like, his parents were not going to help him. So he was going to have to take care of a whole nother human being, or I shouldn't say it like that. They were going to take care of each other, but, you know, back then, the man of the house and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it was it was a, a big decision. So I think that's the main reason why it took him so long to come and see her. And she got to finish school. So I think they were meant to be together forever and if it wouldn't have been it would if it had not have been for that car crash they probably would have had a bunch of more kids <laughs> that just would have been ridiculous but because they already had five well yeah wait angela the two boys um the autumn's older sister and then autumn they was on number five so yeah. they would have had a whole bunch of more kids and it just you know they would have lived happily ever after so that that part was kind of sad but i don't know when i found out oh what was I, we were talking about what all that i think the secret was yeah like your theory oh so, um what did i say uh, um at one point i thought autumn was angela's daughter um right. for one small piece of second i thought maybe nadine had cheated but then I, you know, like I said, I went back and was like, no, they was meant to be together forever. And, he, you know, he was probably her last. Like, I'm pretty sure Nadine ain't been with nobody since Jude, you know, passed away. I'm pr- like, like 90% sure. Yeah. But when that whole. Hmm? No, I was going to say that. My, what? <laughs> I said, I'm just talking my ass off. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, I just, 
so one of my theories whenever I was like, oh gosh, she cheated or something like that, like before we kind of, you know, one of the issues in this book is that Nadine is popping out kids left and right, but her best friend is, has infertility issues. And so there was a point where I thought, oh, no, because Ruby kind of marries that. He's a very, you know, two-dimensional, like, he, you don't know a lot about him, but you don't get good vibes. And one of the things is there was talk of adoption, and she was like, you know, no, he wants a kid of his own, blah, blah, blah. And so there was a part of me that thought, oh, no, she sleeps with the husband as a favor to her best friend to have a baby for them. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of <laughs> Yeah, so that was one of my weird theories that, like, I was super worried about. I was like, do not sleep with him, you know? That one didn't blood. even cross my mind, though, because she didn't even like him. No, she didn't, but she loved her best friend. She loved her best friend enough to do almost anything for and uh hey she did a lot did she not i mean she did but at the same time like when you have sex with somebody you know a lot of people feel like you give a part of yourself away like that's a lot to do for a best friend i don't know she not give a part of herself away i mean i am kind of shocked right now that oh yes she did you're you're like seeing her having sex like to give her friend a baby as like something so like giving some you know when let's just go ahead and get into it she gave her her and jude's baby away and that was i i don't know i still i still i don't know maybe it's me personally then i would never sleep with like i have best friends but i would never sleep with a best friend's husband if i don't i didn't say it was a good idea i was scared I didn't think it was a good idea. I don't know. That's just, it's just weird to me. And then to do it, another thing would be to do it behind that person's back? No, I thought she was going to do it behind Jude's back or something like that, not behind her friend, like as a favor to her friend. Oh, no. I think that would have ruined her relationship with Jude. Oh, for sure. And that's what I'm saying. That's part of the reason I was like so scared at one point. Oh my gosh, please don't let that be the secret because, oh no, I just don't want that to happen. But yeah. yeah. And we you know, like totally different things on like for the secret. <laughs> well, you know, I think it goes back to something we've talked about before is like your own life experiences, you know, kind of maybe shape how you see things. And I did not think of that whenever I was reading this but now like trying to analyze why I would have thought that this would have been in this book because yes after reading the book like what a fucking horrible idea and of course that wasn't going to happen you know but then I think about going back to the infertility thing not that they would have done it and not that my friends were offering like me to sleep with their husbands per se but I had friends offer their husband's sperm up more than one you know what I mean and so I guess maybe, you know, having that experience in my life made me see that as a possibility in the book, you know, that this is a, during a time period where she can't just like offer her egg up or be a surrogate because this is before any of that, you know? So maybe it's the equivalent of like my friends and their husbands being like, we'll donate, you know, for you to have a kid. Um it would be the female version of it. That would just be so weird because you come to your friend's house for holidays and your child looks like their husband. I mean, I just. Oh, no, no, no. And that's what I told my friends. I said, oh, yeah. And then your child's going to be like, 
why does Anna Cole's kid look just like Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was like, so weird. That, you can't do that. Like you can't mix that. That that's too close to home. But they they offered it from very good places, from places of like loving me, you know, wanting to help or something any way they could. And and that infertility is really no way to really yeah. help. So they were like, okay, you need the sperm. We got sperm. <laughs> like, it came from a good place. But yeah, it is. It's too close for comfort. But I mean, honestly, what Nadine does in this book, yeah, by giving, you know, giving her daughter that, I mean, it ruined their friendship. Because same situation, like it is too close for comfort, even if it's not sleeping with or taking sperm of or something like that. But if a best friend is raising a child that is yours it's too close to watch yeah and they both proved it i mean they being left before you know uh rudy could even rudy or ruby ruby before ruby could even realize you know the um resemblance and then when ruby went to see her i guess it was what six years later in texas and she saw autumn she do exactly what that whole situation was and she didn't even reach out to Nadine like she decided to leave without even talking to her so they both proved like they both had a chance to keep their friendship and they both decided that the child was more important or Ruby's happiness was more important than their friendship which which is weird to me because if you're giving out of a pure place and you make the type of decision, I think everybody should know, first of all, ahead of time. Um, and if Ruby really wants a child, she's going to take that child regardless. Um, so I don't know. It just, it was, it was a waste of a friendship to me. And I'm a big friend person. So like you said, life experiences, but it, it was just, it's weird. Well, I definitely said it was, uh, it was horrible what, what happened to the friendship. Like I absolutely agree, but I, I almost think that the friendship could have survived had it not been for the twins. But once that there was a twin situation, she knew that she had to leave because that's, that's very confusing for everybody involved. It's not even just, you know, worrying about their friendship. But whenever the girls start realizing, hey, we look just alike and understanding what that means, and then maybe that causing a lot of misconceptions about, like, who your parent is you know what I mean mm -hmm. but at the same time like they they tore apart twins which I hear is like kind of traumatic I don't know this whole situation I had some very mixed feelings on it because I think what Nadine was trying to do her for her friend is like like seriously gonna make me cry like even talking about it like un like unbelievably I just I can't even imagine you know like how much she had to have loved her friend to be willing to give her child to her and, you know, so that her friend could be a mother and like, that's super touching. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, kind of ripped twins apart that that's a, a certain bond that I think only twins understand and having kind of no respect for that and which kind of makes me feel weird about that um I don't know and then the fact that it did it, it ruined like it ruined a friendship that meant so much someone was willing to give their child up for you know 
Yeah. And so the act, the act of giving that child up actually lost the friendship. Uh, it was, there was just so many feelings that I had on like, is, gosh, is that right? Is that wrong? Is that, you know, how could this be done differently? But honestly, with them looking, with them being identical twins, I just don't see how that could have been approached in a way. I think they could have stayed friends, but I don't think they could have been next door neighbors or behind the house neighbors like they were and see each other every day and things like that. I, I just don't think that would have ever worked, no matter how upfront everyone was. I mean, I agree. I think even if it wouldn't have been twins, because, you know, she didn't know it was twins and she was still going to give up her child to Ruby. Mm-hmm. I think even if it would not have been twins and, you know, maybe it was just Autumn, I guess we can say if it was just Faith because Faith was born first. Um, Even if it was just Faith, eventually, you know, they say all babies come out looking the same, but eventually they grow into their features. And Ruby had been around for all of Nadine's kids. And she had been around all of Nadine's life and all of, um, well, not all of Jude's life, but she knew him when he was a teenager. So I'm pretty sure she would have put two and two together when the kid was, you know, young. So I think Ruby would have decided to leave regardless. I don't think she was thinking straight about what she was going to do after she gave the baby to Ruby um, before she did it. But, I mean, I think she would have moved regardless, whether it was, a single birth or um, twins. And then that whole thing about her being selfless. I mean, so don't get upset with me. And I'm not being heartless. But I think it, it did. It wasn't just that Ruby was her best friend and she loved her best friend and she knew how much Ruby wanted a child. I think it was also the fact that Ruby had just, you know, buried a son. I think it was also the fact that Nadine had buried a daughter and a, and her husband. I think Nadine was going through a lot at that point in time. Not to say that she was thinking clearly about raising another child or, or being able to do it. I just, I think that it was a lot going on and a lot that went into that decision. If her husband i mean if that accident had never happened i don't think she would have even given um or even thought about giving her child to to ruby well no she still would have already had four kids like yeah but that's i think yes do i think that the accident caused it like caused the chain of events sure because the truth was at prior to that accident, Ruby had a child. And so, I mean, that, of course, went part into it. But even though Ruby had a child prior to that accident, Nadine wanted her grandchild to go to Ruby. I mean, Nadine was almost actively trying to get a baby to her best friend. And so final straw was, you know, at least she had a child. Once that child died, you know, then it was like, And, of course, she was going through a lot. Like, I don't think that she at all was even up to, at that point, like, the idea of taking care of this other child and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think there is a lot of stuff that went into it. Um, But at the end of the day, she still gave her friend her kid. I mean, that, like, and not even just her friend. I mean, it's very hard for me with anybody. You know, any woman that's able to do that, like, 
it's amazing. It makes a lot of people mothers that wouldn't be, but mm-hmm. I feel for those, you know, those women that are like handing over their child and hoping for the best, you know? And so I don't know. I, I don't think that, I don't think it diminishes what she was trying to do for her friend just because of what happened, I guess, is what I'm saying. But yes, I don't think she would have done that had the accident not happened. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Have we talked about everything in this book already? We talked about the secret. We talked about Autumn and her husband. Do you have anything else? Um, No, I, I don't think so. Okay. Sorry. I was thinking there are a couple more things and like, do I want to ask or, you know, whatever, but no, I think that that's, I think that pretty much sums it up. I mean, one more infertility book, um, on the podcast (laughs) and we'll have some more variety, switch things up a little bit. Um, but I had fun. I really enjoyed this book. I think we both did, even with all the mixed emotions. So yeah, I think I'm good. Okay, so yeah, go read this book if you hadn't, even though we just told you literally everything. It's it's still, it's a great book. Yeah. And we'll talk to you next time. Great, thanks. Bye. Bye.